water, earth, fire, air. Long ago, the four nations lived together in harmony. Then, everything changed when a fire nation attacked. Only the Avatar, master of all four elements, could stop them. But when the world needed him most, he vanished. A hundred years passed, and my brother and I discovered a new Avatar, an airbender named Aang. And although his airbending skills are great, he has a lot to learn before he's ready to save anyone. But I believe Aang can save the world. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to What's Appa, a rewatch podcast of the greatest show ever, Avatar The Last Airbender. I'm Joyce. I'm Justin. And I'm Anand. And this week, we want to give a special shout out to our friend Fiona, who read the intro. This is episode 35 of our podcast, where we'll be discussing Appa's Lost Days. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> so, some fun facts about this episode. This episode received a Genesis Award from the Humane Society of the United States for Outstanding Children's Programming uh, for its description or portrayal of the way animals are used in circuses. Yeah. Some... Really tough commentary here. Yeah, for sure. And um, the first thing we see in the first scene is a flashback to uh, when the library is falling. And on the screen, it says four weeks ago. So this actually gives us some idea as to how much time has passed. Um, and it's interesting that they include us because we usually don't know exactly how much time has passed. But um, we do know it's four weeks uh, from the library to, you know, the events in Bossing Say happening. And I believe this is also the most amount of time that has passed in a single episode because all four weeks do happen uh, through Appa's Last Days. Mm hmm. Yeah. So we're really taking a trip down memory lane. Um, so the first scene is starting all the way back uh, at the library episode. Uh, the time of those events uh, and the sandbenders are taking Appa away. And Goshwin, if you recall, he's the son of the leader of the sandbender tribe. Um, and he's a bit of an asshole. He tells everyone to ransack Appa's saddle after they have Appa in captivity. And Appa sneezes and blows up one of their sand sailors. Um, never underestimate an airbender sneeze. And then, um, yeah, it like shoots the sand sailor into this like mound and it completely breaks apart. And then Goshwin is like, it's okay. It's the one we stole from the Hami tribe anyways. And a little connection is that this is the same sandbender sailor that the gang finds um, in the desert episode, which helps them actually escape the desert. Mm. So as always, Appa is really saving team Avatar. Without <laughs> Appa, they would have just mm -hmm. died um, in the <laughs> desert <laughs> and the show would be over. So, um, yeah, it's kind of a neat coincidence. Um, anyways, they start to ransack the saddle and they find a couple of things of team Avatar's an umbrella, Sokka's club and a small box. And uh, fun fact, uh, we can actually trace back the origins of some of these items. So the umbrella is from the guy from the fortune teller episode who's like, oh, woo, says it's going to rain today. Uh, so he brings the umbrella. He gives it to them. Sokka's club is Sokka's club. Um, R.I.P. Sokka's possessions. Um, he does get a club later on in the show, though, to replace it, I think. Um, and then 
I read online that the box is actually looks kind of like the box of water bending scrolls that Paku gave to Aang. It's just slightly col- it's like it looks a little different, but it's like the closest thing that maybe we can we can find. So um, that was kind of what uh, people were thinking it was. Anyways, the sandbenders are not impressed with this loot. They're like, this is all worthless junk. We don't want it. So one more fun fact that this is actually the second iteration of the saddle that gets thrown away. The first one, if you remember, was exchanged at the Northern Air Temple and Sokka and Yue use it to fight the fleet of Fire Nation ships. Um, And there's one more iteration after this. But in The Promise Part 1 which is one of the graphic novels between Korra and Avatar, Appa is seen wearing his original saddle. Huh. Weird. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so the Sandbenders are not impressed, and they're like, okay, let's just pawn Appa off to the beetle-headed merchants. So they visit this tribe of beetle-headed merchants, and they wear these this headgear that kind of resembles uh, a beetle. Um, And so just a little bit about this tribe. It's interesting that we see, I think in this episode, they really flesh out the desert even more and introduce more more tribes and more animals and stuff, which is cool. Um, But doing some research on these merchants, um, it says that legends say that their beetle-like headgear dates back to ancient times when their ancestors lived underground and survived attacks of giant gillicorns um, because they mimicked the appearance of these sour beetles, which are the only things that the gillicorns didn't feed on. Uh, that's how they survived. So, um, yeah, I mean, and we'll see uh, a gillicorn later in the episode, but uh, to imagine giant versions of those sound uh, pretty, pretty scary. Yeah. So that's who they are. And the merchants say, all right, yeah, we'll take Appa off your hands. And they kind of um, mount this giant beetle. And so this giant beetle is a rhinoceros beetle. And at first I thought it was a combination of a rhinoceros and a beetle. But no, apparently rhinoceros beetles are a thing in and of itself. Like they're, that's a real animal. They're rhinoceros. It's like the beetle with like the nose that looks kind of like a horn. Oh, um, yeah. Ew. Yeah, they're really gross. <laughs> ew, ew, ew. But I guess this is also a pure, pure animal then. It's not really a combination of anything. Mm. Or... It's an avatar animal in the real world. <laughs> yeah. There we go. <laughs> I like that interpretation. Um, yeah, so they mount the beetle. They put Appa on this weird contraption that kind of captures him, which is kind of handy that they had a contraption that perfectly fits Appa's size. <laughs> um, and then they take him away. Uh, and so then it cuts to Aang. Uh, Aang screaming for Appa and looking for Appa and blowing the bison whistle. But obviously um, Appa you know, can't, can't reach Aang, but he hears the bison whistle and he starts kind of going berserk, um, trying to get to Aang. Um, but then the sandbenders just go away and are like, uh, he's your problem now. Uh, and then the, one of the beetle headed merchants is like, we need the sheer shoe spit darts. Yeah. And just a cool uh, way to repurpose and, uh, bring back the sheer shoe, which we saw in the episode Bato of the water tribe. Um, yeah powerful creature also like there's only one right isn't i like the only one so is she just like the are they just farming her poison from her (laughs) i don't understand um yeah open question there yeah (laughs) but they are really powerful they shoot the darts at Appa's foot and he immediately falls down and faints 
Yeah. And um, I saw this online, but it only takes three darts to take Appa down um, in this scene. But apparently in the last encounter with Nyla, it took four lashes of Nyla's tongue to take Appa down. So Mm. maybe the darts are more potent or it's a goof. I don't know. Maybe you can like pack more poison into each of the darts. It's more advanced technology. Do you think sheer shoe saliva is like some type of drug in the avatar world <laughs> <laughs> like just to mellow you out yeah kind of like how ketamine is like a horse tranquilizer mm-hmm. <laughs> you can see i'm that. sure i'm sure there are black markets find out next time on avatar after dark <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, but anyway, so we cut back to Aang and we see him make the mushroom cloud when he's so angry and Appa kind of sees the cloud in the distance as he closes his eyes and loses consciousness. Yeah, and another thing I read that was interesting is this end scene or this final scene uh, here is from Appa's point of view and the merchants are actually speaking English in the background as he's uh, fainting and he can totally like all the English is very, very clear. Whereas when we see scenes from Momo's perspective, all humans speak in gibberish. So Mm. from this scene, we learn that Appa can like perfectly understand English. Um, And yeah, it's kind of cool. Whereas Momo is just like a useless, (laughs) useless, <laughs> useless sidekick. <laughs> Just kidding. He has his moments. But yeah, Appa's very smart. Yeah, so the next scene, we see him at the circus. And fun fact, in the extras, it says that the circus is the same circus that Ty Lee was a part of and that she was one of the starring acts, which is why the circus bought Appa to replace her. So... <laughs> Unfortunate that Tylee has caused so much pain and suffering in Appa's life. <laughs> mm, true. Well, Appa has caused a fair share of pain and suffering in Tylee's life too. <laughs> what did I, what did Appa ever do to Tylee? But he smacked her with their, his tail. Oh, oh wait, yeah. was that in the? Um... That was in the Chase episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> this is where we question like how she survived as a human. Ty Lee yeah. has survived a lot of like situations where she should have died. <laughs> uh, the drill. I just can't get the drill like scene out of my mind where she's like suspended in the mud. Uh, poor girl. Yeah. She's gone through a lot. Um, so anyway, this scene begins with the circus master uh, first soothing Appa and then s- you know, doing a double take and saying that he's going to break Appa. Uh, and he starts feeding cabbages to a bunch of animals in the circus, one of which is the... Okay, to be honest, I thought it was some, like, turkey vulture kind of thing. But turns out it's a lion vulture. Um, and then there's another animal that's the platypus bear that we're more familiar with. But fun fact about the lion vulture, there is a pro bending team named after the lion vultures, the Lao Gai lion vultures. Mm. Oh, very Ooh, menacing. Scary. Yeah. <laughs> scary. <laughs> kind of interesting that uh, it's all connected. Yeah. Well, then we continue on with the circus at night and Appa's trying to bend some hay into his mouth, but he's failing. Uh, Then a young boy appears and, you know, kind of smiles at Appa and Appa smiles back. uh, And then the boy helps Appa out and gives him the hay. 
Um, and then he kind of runs away um, after that. But they kind of have this little bond. And then the circus trainer um, tells Shizumu, who's kind of the, the circus master, that Appa's too risky. But Shizumu is like, no, I want the wind buffalo to perform tonight. And then the trainer goes back and threatens Appa. He's like, if you don't behave yourself, you'll regret it. Uh, yeah. And then it cuts to this child who sees Appa and then his dad and his dad's like, stay here. Don't talk to the monster. And he like stomps away going to buy sizzle crisps and some more fun facts. Uh, first off, I want to say that sometimes we're like surprised by the depth of background with some of these things in Avatar, but like the sheer amount of information they have on sizzle crisps is like astounding. And <laughs> it only gets mentioned <laughs> twice in like all of Avatar now and later when he eats it. Um, so there's two known variants of sizzle crisps. There's dragon's breath, which is named after Uncle Iroh. And this variant was developed after the Hundred Year War and is considered extremely spicy. And mm. then there's a peppery variant, which is considered one of the more mild variants. And we know this from the most recent one of books that comes out from the Avatar universe, the Avatar The Last Airbender Cookbook, official recipes from the Four Nations. Uh, so you can go and try this, try to make this yourself. Um, some more trivia. Uh, sizzle crisps are Zuko's favorite afternoon snack, which implies that he has a favorite morning snack and a favorite dinner <laughs> snack. Um, Aww. That really adds some color to Zuko as a person. Yeah. Humanizes him a bit. <laughs> and then we also have a lot of these random facts from the Nickelodeon website, nick.com encyclopedia which is now broken, but the entire thing is archived at the Lost Lore of Avatar Aang website. And it says that there are many claims about sizzle crisps being made from rice, soy, and nuts instead of meat, but they are probably wrong. And we know that they're wrong because sizzle crisps from the cookbook are made of meat. Um, and then randomly, there's one more fun fact about sizzle crisps. Uh, <laughs> turns out at some point, Sokka was a substitute teacher in the Fire Nation and the class found out and like blackmailed him or something. And one of the students ordered sizzle crisps from a food vendor. So the more you know, sizzle crisps. When when did Sokka teach in a school? <laughs> substitute teacher. Is that like was that his um alter ego? Was that his like his uh way to hide in the Fire Nation. I guess his uh, slam poetry days caught up with him. No, actually, mm -hmm. uh, this is from a comic from the same people who make The Promise, etc. The mainline comics by Dark Horse Comics. It's called The Substitute, which was released in October <laughs> of 2019. Oh, interesting. So it's after the war. It's like after the whole show. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. OK, makes sense. Well, thank you for all those fun facts. And <laughs> I'm uh, excited to try the snack someday when we get our hands on the cookbook. Um, but I, I feel like they must be the inferior snack to uh, the fire flakes because the fire flakes get mentioned more. Mm. So I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. A lot of good food in the Fire Nation. Um, Anyway, so the next scene is the perform the circus performance and Shizumu introduces Appa as the wind buffalo and they show him wearing this ridiculous costume and all this makeup and the trainer is trying to get Appa to do some tricks, um, but Appa's not listening, so the trainer whips him with fire, fire whip, and then the little boy is like, run away, get away from him. And just a fun fact about the boy, he's voiced by the same voice actor as Aang. Um, and it makes sense because this 
boys. This boy is just supposed to evoke Aang and like it really um, makes Appa remember all the memories and, you know, with Aang when they were little. So um, and the boy also like slightly resembles Aang in appearance. Um, So that was a neat detail. Um, and then Appa just finally starts listening and starts performing, but he gets caught in one of the flaming hoops and knocks one of the hoops at Shuzumu, just like knocks him out, I think. And then um, he also knocks the trainer out of the circus tent with his <laughs> tail. So this trainer is also just dead. Um, Appa is really racking up the bodies, body count. <laughs> and uh, he eventually flies away. <laughs> uh, Appa, no mercy. So in the next scene, we see Appa back in the desert uh, in the exact location of the lost library or where it used to be. We see this quick flashback and Appa lands in this giant swirl of sand where the library used to be. And he starts digging. And at some point it's a futile task and he just gives up and lies down. Um, so after this, we see Appa super hungry, his stomach growls, and he flies around looking for food, but he fails. Yeah. And I mean, he's just so desperate right now. Like we've already seen him go through so much. And something I read online is, uh, we actually find out that, or we know that Appa has five stomachs, so he must be extra hungry. So (laughs) this guy was like, oh, imagine like when you're at your hungriest, but multiply that by five. And that's how Appa is feeling. (laughs) So, yeah, makes you really feel for him here. Yeah, it's very sad. And then we get a couple specifics of what Appa goes after. So the first one is Appa uh, landing and looking at this egg, but it's snatched away by this little lizard thing. And this is the Gillicorn. Um, So he kind of fails there. And then there's another scene of him going up to this cactus and there's actually an animal next to it. And that is a jackalope. It's a combination of a jackrabbit and an antelope. It's like a rabbit with horns. And apparently not only is this just like an avatar creation um, in in the avatar world, but it's also like a mythological figure, like in North American folklore, apparently like there's this like mythical jackalope and I don't know. It's a thing, apparently, which is kind of weird, but it's kind of cool. <laughs> so then Appa gets discouraged, but he hasn't given up. So he flies around and finds the hive. Uh, if you remember back way when uh, with the giant buzzards. Uh, is it the buzzards? I forget their names. Buzzard um, wasps. Buzzard wasps. Disgusting little things. <laughs> yeah. The only animal mm-hmm. Aang has ever killed. Mm. <laughs> Besides the humans. Um, (laughs) So Appa flies into the hive and he tries to eat like that goo that Sokka like licked or something. (laughs) Yeah, but he gets chased out by like a whole horde uh, of these buzzard wasps and he kicks them like tail flips them down. They fly away, but he lands looking just extremely exhausted Um, and... Yeah, he goes to sleep. 
Yeah, and as he's sleeping, he has a dream. Uh, it's nice and yellow and warm, and it's a dream of him at the Eastern Air Temple where he grew up, and he's surrounded by all these little mini appas um, and his mom, I presume, and Aang, and the other little airbenders are choosing their sky bisons, and Aang offers an apple to Appa, and Appa accepts the apple, and they, like, snuggle, and Aang's like, I guess this means we'll always be together. And then it cuts to Aang actually having the same exact dream and he like turns around on his side and he's like, always. And I think this is definitely like the saddest part of the episode for me mm-hmm. um, because, well, first they're just so connected, um, but you really see like from the very beginning, like how how um, strong their bond is. But um, just an interesting fun fact is that this is actually happening when Aang is Aang and the rest of the team are crossing the Serpent's Pass. Um, And actually earlier in the episode, we also see Iroh and Zuko um, on their ferry to Ba Sing Se. So it's also the same time when everyone's trying to get to Ba Sing Se. So just a way to kind of place every scene in context. Yeah. So a weird thing to think about is the fact that, you know, you are bonded to your bison for life. But if you look up the average life expectancy <laughs> of a bison, it's like 20 years. Uh, Wait, really? Yeah. No, don't yeah. say that. It's <laughs> 12, you know, so there's only eight years left. Oh, no. That's sad. Wait, that can't be right. Is that what it says on Avatar Wiki? I don't know. That's just I looked up average age of bison. I don't. I don't know. Oh, if like the wiki, a real bison. Yeah, a real bison. Uh, oh come on. <laughs> Magical creatures. Off an elite bison. Magical yeah, no bison. No bison can't airbend. So you know. Yeah, I guess it's open. Any of the flashbacks in Korra? You know, I don't remember. Hmm. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. Well, yeah. All right. Let's yeah. talk about it. <laughs> Moving on um, to things that are just as sad. Um, so Appa is sleeping kind of in this random tent that he found. Um, and then these human farmers come in and, you know, they're they're scared of Appa. They're like, what is this monster? And they bring some fire in, which now triggers Appa. And he kind of runs away, bursts through the ceiling and escapes. And it's just interesting because, you know, they refer to Appa various times in this episode as a monster, like something to be feared of, especially in the circus. Um, so yeah, it's just an interesting theme of how looks again are not all as they seem, um, on the surface level. Uh, cause Appa is, is the cutest, adorable creature in Avatar. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. He's a gentle giant. Um, yeah, and then Appa has to find a new place to camp out, and so he flies away, and he ends up collapsing in the woods because he's still so tired, and he gets attacked by a porcupine. A very punny name. Uh, it's a boar crossed with a porcupine. Um, but then they get into this big fight, which is just like, like we see Appa go into beast mode. Like they're really struggling, and then Appa throws a tree at the porcupine and then eventually it just runs away because appa should not be messed with anyways then the he occupies the shelter under the tree where the porcupine came from and he sleeps for many 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 days uh finally 
then the next morning, the Kyoshi warriors actually find Appa's fur in the woods and Suki recognizes Appa and um, Appa sees Suki, but is kind of scared still because he's become very distrusting of people. Also, I don't think that I don't know. Did they have all the makeup on last time? I don't know. I guess um, I was reading that it's kind of unclear if like Oppa and Suki have actually formally met on screen. But of course, they probably have met like, mm. you know, in general. Um, but anyway, Suki offers some apples and berries to Oppa and um, Oppa is still scared. And, you know, she tries to get the rest of the warriors to help her. But then she wins him over by saying, we can help you find Aang. And so all the Kyoshi warriors clean Appa up and take the shackles off of him, which he's been wearing this whole time also, um, which is kind of crazy, I think, from the circus. Um, but then just as we think, we're seeing a little bit of, uh, we're ha- we have a little bit of hope. Azula, Tylee, and May find them. And Azula is like, my, my, you're easy to find. It's astounding. My brother hasn't captured you yet. And Suki's like, what do you want with us? Um, and they just have these super cool shields that don't make any sense Mm -hmm. that are very high tech Mm -hmm. in this scene. Like (laughs) they put up these shields that like (laughs) self deploy like into the circle. Like they're like not a circle and then they fan themselves out into a circle, but it looks totally mechanic. And uh, we know that they don't have great technology at this point. So that was kind of funny. Um, And then Azula is like, who are you? The avatars fan girls. And I thought this was so funny. (laughs) I was like, wow, Azula is really funny sometimes. And Tylee also points out that she like, it takes a minute and she's like, ha ha. Oh, I get it. Fan girls. Um, but then Su- actually Azula has another good one liner again in the scene too. And then Suki's like, oh, like there's no avatar here. And Azula's like, well, that's okay. Any friend of the avatar is an enemy of mine. So they start fighting. And then May and Tylee also start fighting. And so May's like, you're so colorful. It's making me nauseous. Or I guess that was a bad impression. That was a little too like emotive. But um, <laughs> I was like, oh, Tylee's also colorful. So I don't know. <laughs> I guess... Uh, Opposites attract sometimes. Um, And then Suki tells Appa to fly away. And this was just so sad because Appa like sees that the warriors are losing. And so he tries to come back to help. But Suki scares him away with fire for his own good. And and she's like, oh, go find Aang. And Appa looks really scared, but very torn. Um, But eventually he goes and leaves the warriors. And uh, the scene ends very ambiguously. Uh, We don't know what happens but yeah eventually of course we know that the warrior uh, kiyoshi warriors get captured here and it's like a really pivotal moment in the in the show yeah i i don't know i feel like appa could have very easily just helped helped yeah Yeah. (laughs) beat beat them um because clearly he's done it before Mm -hmm. when they were fighting across the river anyway so Appa flies away and we see a scene of Hakoda looking up from his boats and he sees Appa flying in the rain. Yeah. And I guess, you know, having rewatched this so many times, I didn't realize that this is the first appearance of Hakoda outside of the flashbacks that he's been in. Um, and it's just such a small gem. Like you wouldn't, I feel like you would miss it if you haven't seen this before, the show before. Yeah. So Appa being out of ideas of places to go, he flies towards the Eastern Air Temple and he gets a flashback of when he was a kid walking around the Eastern Air Temple. And I just have to say, Sky Bisons have incredible memory if he can just navigate here by himself. <laughs> yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, clearly Team Avatar is completely lost with maps. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Appa walks around the temple 
and he finds Guru Patik. Um, some fun facts about Guru Patik. This is the first time we meet him. Patik in Hindi means traveler, wanderer, or guide, and can also refer to knowing the way or path. Um, he also, ironically, is one of the oldest humans at 150 years old, which is kind of insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, I think the second oldest thing in all of Avatar outside of the lion turtle. <laughs> or a naturally living thing. <laughs> I don't know. This guy's crazy. Is he older than King Boomy? I think so. I yeah. think so. Yeah. <laughs> So Appa doesn't recognize him at first because he just sees a someone in a monk's robe and garb. So he runs up to him and starts licking Guru Pratik. Uh, but he realizes that this is not Aang or any other monk and Appa starts growling at him. And then Guru Pratik's like defense mechanism is just to lie down and seem like non non-aggressive um but it's pretty funny because he will occasionally just like lift his head and look at appa and the moment he does like <laughs> appa starts growling at him <laughs> um but then it shows like different day cycles and night cycles and the same thing um and then eventually appa just like ends up asleep on his side yeah and i feel like it's cool it's a cool introduction to guru pati because it's like um He's just so patient and also he just can lay there for days on end um, without really like eating or doing anything. And I feel like it um, kind of represents like how gurus or monks um, are able to uh, be very patient and like it gives you a good sense of their personality um, or his personality. Um, yeah, he waits for Appa to be ready to um, engage. Mm-hmm. Very conveniently, Appa is asleep on his side. <laughs> He's completely passed out. Um, and Guru Pati goes up to his stomach and he says, Oh dear, you've been through so much recently. Hurt and betrayed, so twisted up inside. And then he moves his hand down to his stomach and he says, You're still full of love, but fear has moved in where trust should be. I've been expecting the young avatar for quite a long time. I had a vision many years ago of helping him. That's why I came to the Eastern Air Temple. Um, and wow, moment of exposition. Definitely wouldn't have said this out loud. But uh, Appa wakes up and he can't find Guru Pratik, but he finds this trail of fruits and vegetables. And Appa eats them and eventually he finds them. And Guru Pratik says, someone looks very well rested, judging by your bedhead. And then Appa <laughs> like shakes it out. Uh, so very clearly, Appa can understand English. <laughs> yeah. So cute. Yeah, and then Guru Pratik sits down and meditates, and then Appa paces around and falls asleep next to him. And then he ties... Well, Guru Pratik actually, like, asks <laughs> Appa whether or not he can tie something to his horn, which is pretty funny, um, because it means Guru Pratik understands that Appa can understand English. But interestingly, Sokka and the rest of the team have not picked up on this yet. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so he ties the message for Aang to Appa's horn. And he says, you and the Avatar's energies are mixed. You have an unbreakable bond. By reading your energy, I can sense where Aang is. Funny what invisible strings connect us all. Yeah, and I like this um, just because earlier in the episode, you know, they're kind of sharing that dream and they like, they, it kind of illustrates how Aang and Appa really are invisibly connected so strongly. So I like how they they did connect uh, Appa and Aang throughout this episode to kind of demonstrate this before um group Pratik brings mm-hmm. us up for only eight more years 
<laughs> anyway, so it shows this vision where it's kind of like that scene in Korra where she's at the banyan grove tree and she can see everything. Um, there's this line that spirals down from the air temple and goes all the way to Ba Sing Se where Aang is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it's also the same thing we see in the swamp when Aang is trying to find Appa. So, but now Appa's trying to find Aang. So it's come, mm-hmm. coming around full circle. Mm. Yeah. And so knowing where Aang is now, Appa heads over to Ba Sing Se and, you know, he enters the city and we can hear, we can see in the background the Dai Li uh, see Appa coming. Yeah. And, um, I just thought first there's a full moon, of course, because every episode has a full moon. Um, but also you can see the pygmy pumas who Momo makes friends with in the tales, uh, in the tale of Momo in the last episode. And, um, this is probably how the pygmy pumas know to lead Momo to Appa's mark in mm. the, in the ground, um, mm. because they were witnessing the whole <laughs> thing happen. Yeah. And so Appa, you know, coming to find Aang and it shows the Aang, the Aang gang briefly just sleeping, soundly asleep. Um, and then we hear um, a fake bison whistle or bison whistle blown by someone else who's not Aang. And Appa goes towards the sound and Long Fang steps out from underneath the shadows and does this crazy earthbending move and flips Appa right over um, and Appa's gone. But he leaves his paw print in the sand. Mm-hmm. So I have an interesting question. So we know from Tales of Bossing Say that all animals or most animals react to the bison whistle. Mm. So is Long uh, Feng inadvertently just waking up every single animal in like a huge that's radius? That's a really good point. Oh that's a really my good gosh. <laughs> Plot hole. Yeah. Goof. What a goof. Yeah. yeah. In the middle of the night, everyone's pets yeah. just start barking. <laughs> like, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Worth it, though, to trap the Avatar's yeah. mm-hmm. bison. Is it a plot hole or maybe this would just stress Deep Bradley Baker's vocal cords <laughs> way too much for this one episode? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, but that concludes this episode. So again, ending on kind of a sad note, which we've been doing for multiple episodes. Um but yeah, that's just book two. So sad and uh, depressing. <laughs> um, anyways, let's get on to our readings. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give this episode a four. Um, had some good parts and had some bad parts. I think this episode did feel a lot like a kind of hodgepodge of a lot of different stuff. It's kind of a series of unfortunate events that happened to Appa and not everything it just kind of felt like it was jumping from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. And it, it did illustrate, you know, the hardships Appa faced, but it kind of felt like also they were trying to fill up this episode with things that happened to Appa. And sometimes it was just very sad. And, you know, they just added things just to add things. It felt like, for example, the Borkufine fight or something like that. Yeah. So that that's that's the kind of why it didn't feel as gripping to me. It kind of just felt like they were trying to fill up the episode a little bit. But what I did like is it did flesh out the desert more, added more characters and, and more you know, culture and animals to it. Um, this episode also is really emotional. Like you definitely feel the bond between Appa and Aang during Appa's flashbacks. Uh, it also did have quite good music, which made the episode, I would say a lot more entertaining than it probably would have been otherwise. And it is cool that they did, you know, give a whole episode to Appa to kind of flesh out some more and, and, you know, give him some time to shine a little bit. Yeah. 
I actually might think this might be one of our largest gaps. Hmm. <gasps> um, I give this an eight out of ten. Uh, wow. Yeah, I think it's a really great episode because of the emotional component. Uh, I think usually we get to see his momoness shine in his portrayal of character and wit. Um, and we don't get to explore Appa that much. So it's really cool that we do here. Uh, and it's also really cool to see all the cameos in this episode between Hakoda and the sandbenders and how this fits in with the actual timeline of team avatar um, it does seem pretty intentional and gives us more plot points for the future for example how the koshi warriors get abducted um, but i think the main thing for me is just how raw and emotional a character who cannot speak uh, can make an episode and just the pure range that Dee Bradley Baker has is is really, really awesome to see. So, yeah, mm -hmm. 8 out of 10. Wow. Some good points. Some good points for sure. Um, but I also gave it a 4. Oof. So, yeah, a big high variance uh, among the three of us. Well, I guess me and Anne agree. I think I kind of just agreed with everything Anand said. I think um, we get to see like a lot of emotion from Appa, but I think maybe it's just a personal preference thing. It is just very, very sad. And I just, I prefer some episode, the episodes with like more, um, like a di more dynamic range of emo like feelings and events. And it does kind of just feel like it, it's like every scene piles on top of the other one, which totally like works in a way because that's the whole point to show just like how how far Appa has fallen um but yeah I think it's just a, a maybe a rewatch thing and a personal preference thing um but it is cool to see how everything uh like all the events that Team Avatar went through how those were um you know how those were experienced from Appa's side and then uh yeah I think the bond between Appa and Aang is really special and we do get to see that um but yeah not, not my favorite. It's just too sad for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is all for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we hope you enjoyed our discussion of Appa's Last Days. As always, we release on What's Appa Wednesday. So we'll see you next time for our discussion of Lake Laogai, which is pretty spicy. Uh, if you want to stay up to date on when we release or submit thoughts or questions on the episodes, be sure to follow us on Instagram at at what's underscore appa, or you can email us at whatsappapod at gmail.com. Also, subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like this episode, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Flamio, Hotman. <laughs> <laughs>